Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Divya Alter. If you could elaborate just a bit on it and help our listeners understand specifically what the SV Ayurveda practice that you follow, the specific healing protocols in Shaka Vansia Ayurveda are. Yes, Ayurveda is the traditional healing system of India. So just like China has Chinese medicine, <laughs> the ancient uh, medicine of India is called Ayurveda. And the goal of Ayurveda is to, first of all, to help us understand what our nature is, like who are we as spirit, if you will, but also body, mind, to really understand our unique constitution and then understand nature around us. And then how Ayurveda helps us maintain harmony between ourselves and nature around us, balance and harmony. And I love it because it's such an intuitive science. It's so easy to understand, even though it's very complicated. There, like Books have been written for thousands of years on Ayurveda, but it's very easy to follow because it's very intuitive. And if anybody's looking for a career that's uh, like a kind of profession that's being around for thousands of years... <laughs> Are you like doing any kind of practice related to Ayurveda will be one of those options because Ayurveda has been around for a long time and it's here to stay. It presents universal principles that are still applicable to us today. And what specifically is Shaka Vansya Ayurveda? How is it different from general Ayurveda? Just like with yoga, there are different lineages of Ayurveda. Right? So Shakavansya Ayurveda is just one of those ancient lineages and Indologists have been able to trace it back to more than 5,000 years. So you can actually see the lineage of teachers and masters who have handed down the tradition. And I was fortunate to meet the successor of this lineage, Dr. Ramakant Mishra or Vaidya Ramakant Mishra. And he really changed my health around, but he also he really inspired me to study Ayurveda and to make it part of my life. So what you see today that we present 
it all stemmed, the spark came from him. Unfortunately, he passed away, but the tradition continues to live. And the Shakuvansi Ayurveda tradition is unique in a way that is very attuned to our Western conditioning and the circumstances we live in today. Because you may say, oh, well, these Ayurvedic texts were written thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago. So how are they relevant today? We have different climate, we have different environment, environmental challenges, the food we eat is different. How is that? So Vaidya Mishra was able to really understand our challenges today and then teach us how to apply them, those ancient principles to work for us today, uh, including application of medicine or, or herbs, herbal medicine and cooking. So he, <laughs> I, I learned so much about Ayurvedic cooking from him because he was a great cook and he taught many cooking classes. <laughs> you mentioned that even though it's complicated, it's intuitive in certain ways. Could you give us an example? Yes. So for example, one of the principles of Ayurveda is, I call it the golden rule of balance. And that's that energies of light, like increases like. So energies, same energies increase, and we always balance with the opposite. For example, when it comes to choosing what food is best for you right now, first connect with yourself. So how do you feel right now? Do you feel cold and your hands and feet are kind of cold and your circulation is a little off? Do you feel kind of high strung and really distracted and anxious and overwhelmed? If you feel that way, then don't eat cold foods because like increases like. Don't, don't have those ice cold beverages and smoothies and anything, salads and anything that's very cold because it will only increase that energy of discomfort in, in you. Balance with the opposite. So you, if you feel cold, having a hot soup or a stew makes so much more sense, right? So that's a very, and that's intuitive. Now, Andrea, we follow this with our clothing, right? It's getting cold now, it's fall season, getting cold, we're getting our jackets out and the scarves and the long pants and packing away the shorts and the tanks from the summer. I'm so well, sad about that. But anyway, let's... <laughs> <laughs> but we follow this intuitively with our clothing, but somehow in our culture today, we're not trained to do that with food. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching people with these simple principles. It's like, oh, oh yeah, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. I feel cold, let me have some warm food. If I feel very hot, then that cold smoothie and the celery juice may be balancing for you. So that's the idea. Like increases like and opposites balance. Very simple principle that anybody can follow. In the preface to your wonderful best-selling first cookbook, What to Eat for How You Feel, you share that you'd grown up during communist times in Bulgaria, a time when the government was monitoring anything spiritual or religious, frankly, just about anything. And yet you were hungering during this time as a high schooler for answers to your life's purpose. And this was even as a teenager asking questions like, who am I? What is life all about? And we should also let our listeners know, and I know that you're comfortable talking about your age because you shared it in the 
the one-way ticket show interview. So this was, this was like 30 plus years ago, you're 50 now. And I mentioned this youthful age because this was pre-internet, pre-social media, pre-cell phones or texting. So how and when did you discover Ayurveda? I came to Ayurveda through yoga, through the yoga ashram, which I ultimately joined, interned, studied, at, learned how to cook <laughs> there. And then I really wanted to connect with the roots of yoga. I went to study in India. I went to India to study, to Vrindavan, which I discussed with Stephen on the one-way ticket show. <laughs> so I studied many things there. And every time I would get sick, the local doctor was an Ayurvedic doctor. Because even, even today, it's, Ayurveda is very, very common in India. It, I, almost every village will have an Ayurvedic doctor. What to speak of the cities. So. And I was getting sick quite a bit because it was so hot or so humid and what I was eating maybe wasn't right. So the doctor always told me, like, he didn't just give me the herbs to take. He said, here are, here, here's a list of food that I want you to avoid. These foods are good in general, but they're not good for you right now. And then he would say, and these foods I, I want you to avoid because you cannot handle them. You cannot digest them right now. So again, what's good for you or not good for you, it depends. <laughs> it depends on your condition. It depends on your age and so many factors. And I was so impressed by how Ayurveda worked for me then, just like as a patient. Then I started studying with this local doctor. And later on, when I came to the United States, I made Vaidya Mishra and I, I really made a commitment to, because positive effects of applying Ayurveda to my life, teaching it to others and seeing how they benefited from it really inspired me to make Ayurvedic cooking and education, especially food education, my career path. So what's really important that I just want to underscore here for our listeners, because this is not the way that most Americans, unless they're South Asian Americans, are raised, maybe Asian Americans to a certain extent. And as somebody who has lived many years in Asia, I did benefit from this and specifically with Chinese medicine because I lived in China twice and studied Chinese and Asian studies. So I, I get that. But we don't explicitly say in this country that food is actually medicine. So here you were going to an Ayurvedic doctor who was prescribing some herbs for you. But as part of the prescription, he was also prescribing foods. Yes. He told me, if you don't change your diet, the medicine is not going to work for you. He said, you can have all the herbs, the best herbs you, you want and the best doctor you can have. But if you don't change your diet, you will not become 100% better. And especially in this country, Divya, as you well know, you've lived here now nine years or more. 17 years. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 17 years. My math is terrible. 17 years. You know that we go to doctors in this country who just prescribe. They just give you this antibiotic or that drug. And there's usually zero mention of your diet. Other than to say, eat low fat, 
moderation in everything. You know, don't eat too many cookies. Don't this, but we we don't learn that food is medicine. Yeah, exactly. But you can't blame the doctors because they're not trained to do that. So modern medicine, of course, has is a big part of our lives. But but using food as medicine, and especially understanding how food can be medicine, the only explanations, detailed explanations that I have found so far is through Ayurveda. Chinese medicine has a little bit, but almost nobody teaches the Chinese approach to diet. And then the only detailed explanation of how exactly food can be used is medicine for you. Because again, coffee is medicine for you. It's not medicine for me, right? So how, how the personal approach to using food as medicine, I've only found I found it through Ayurveda. I'm still searching. I'm, maybe there are more, more, more knowledge out there, but the most detailed one is through Ayurveda. That's what, and that's what I teach. That, that's why I love teaching because it's such a life-changing knowledge. And not just for you, but for your, for your family also understanding how to use food depending on how you feel. So literally what to eat for how you feel. That's a good title for a book. No, kidding. All right. So... Could you elaborate on how Ayurveda looks at food as combinations of the five physical elements and how those elements interact with the same elements and qualities in our physiology, in the makeup of our bodies? So when you look at nature, you can break down the entire creation to five physical elements or it's actually, it's more accurate to call them states of matter. So these are earth, water, fire, air, and ether or space. So state of matter in the sense that earth represents sol solidity in nature. So anything that's solid would have the earth element. Water represents the fluidity in nature. So it's not just the H2O water, it's anything that's fluid would have that water element in it. And fire represents um, anything that produces heat and transforms. So, and then uh, air and ether as well. So these five elements are the building blocks of everything in nature, including our bodies. And Ayurveda explains that the combination of these elements make the, t the three they're called like bioelemental energies. They're called dosha, dosha in, in Sanskrit, in Ayurveda. So the combination of, of earth and water constitutes kapha dosha, and that's the earthy nature. So all the earth, like the bones, the muscles, the fats, uh, this, all the solid parts of the body, which is most of it, <laughs> that's kapha. And all the fluids, all the fluids in the body are also kapha, the earthy energy. And then the combination of fire with a little bit of fluidity, water, is called pitta dosha. And that's the principle, the energy of metabolism and transformation, digestion. So that's the fiery element that transforms everything, including our thoughts. <laughs> and then the combination of air and space elements in Ayurveda is called vata dosha and Air governs all circulation, breathing, all the airflow in the body, uh, elimination, all movement. Without air, we wouldn't be able to move. And space governs everything in between the, the empty spaces in the body. It also governs the mind. So vata dosha also 
has an effect on our mind. So when our mind is racing too much, your vata is very high. You need to slow down and ground yourself. So these are the five elements and the three doshas. And then from there, again, by applying the principle of like increases like and opposites balance, you can select not just the food, but also your lifestyle. You can select your career based on your dosha. So for example, people who are more pitta, who are more fiery by nature, they tend to be leaders right? They're the people who are very ambitious. They have a drive. They like to get things done. They can be very intense if they're, if they go in the other balance. I'm raising my hand. I'm sorry. I do have a lot of fire. (laughs) I know these are the people who always have so much energy. They almost don't know what to do with it. They have to learn how to channel it. They also tend to have very precise minds, which in the negative side, it, they can be too critical. They can go, if they don't control themselves, they can become too critical. But they look for precisions that they can find mistakes, like they're perfectionists. <laughs> so, um, and then a Kafa career person is the person who is slow but steady. So they take a little longer to learn the skill or the knowledge or whatever they're doing. But once they learn it, they're very steady. So the Kafa kind of employee or team member would be a person who you can always rely on. They're the kind of people who are like, don't worry, we'll make that happen. They kind of, they pacify you. (laughs) They keep you going. They're very loving and more calm. So they bring calmness into the group. They have to be careful with their deadlines because they tend to procrastinate if, if they don't, you know, they need a little push to be on time. And then somebody who is more about the nature a team member, they would be, they would be the, the creative force of the team because Vata governs creativity and intuition. They'll come and they'll have all these ideas and let's do this and we could do this and that and all the artistic side, get everybody excited. The problem with Vata is that they run out of energy very quickly. <laughs> so they have to be careful, you know, to kind of harness the energy and use it up. But usually they're, they're the starters of the team. That's beautiful. So this is just an example. I love that. I love that. And I know as well that we all have all three doshas, but you will have a, a more dominant dosha. Yes. And yes. That, will, that will determine your body type. So, so somebody who is more kapha predominant, because earth and water are two heavy elements right? They have more earthiness in their body. So they tend to, tend to be more rounded. They, they are the rounded kind of beauty. And they have very beautiful, luscious hair and skin and lips. They were very beautiful, actually. So, but they, the problem for them is that they tend to gain weight faster. So when they're under stress, they gain weight very quickly. Or water retention could be another problem. And then somebody who is more pitta, they're usually in the middle. They're muscular. Pittas like to exercise <laughs> to use all that energy <laughs> and medium build. And then for somebody who is predominantly vata constitution, they will have more slender bodies. So by nature, they're skinnier. For them, when they're under stress, they actually lose weight. They become underweight and it becomes more difficult for them to gain weight. So it's, this is how we're all different. And I love Ayurveda because it actually helps me 
appreciate the differences of everybody instead of judging. It's like, oh, this person is like this, this person is like that. It's like, oh, wow, this is Vata, it's beautiful display. <laughs> that I, it helps me understand people's natures so that I can also relate to them better and understand their needs, their challenges, and have better relationships that way. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.